So I am experiencing a trauma response life and it's so fascinating. Um, I can feel how my body is, my mind is divided between the perception of the truth that I am experiencing in my body and the observation of everything that is going on. But how did we get here? I went to a gynecological visit for my annual screenings um, for the first time with a new doctor in this new city that I moved to three years ago. So I hadn't gone to a gynecologist in three years, ever since I moved to this new city. The gynecologist in my city was a woman that I was so happy to have found after some bittersweet experiences. I had dealt with some gynecologists that were not nice, but not, not necessarily um, rude. I had dealt with gynecologists that were good, but were too busy. Um, <laughs> I dealt with one that was, um, she, she behaved like a psychologist with very few training. That's the way in which she behaved. Uh, she was very um, well known for being a holistic gynecologist and she started asking me questions and, get, and jumping into conclusions that were really... Um, she thought that they were just the wild truth, but they felt more like her projections on my reality. So. Um, after eight the different doctors, I had found my doctor, who I loved and who I even took my daughter to when she was 12 and she started bleeding. So I was so sad when I had to move and leave her behind. That was really one of the hardest parts of living in my city, to leave those doctors and services that I had already struggled to find. Everything from a hairdresser <laughs> to my doctors and naturopaths and, and my gynecologists and experts. So I moved in a very difficult situation. I moved because of um, how life just kicked me in the ass, <laughs> in few words, uh, because everything started just closing on me and my husband, and I even got a threat from somebody that was, um, yeah, in the government. So <laughs> that's another story. Anyway, I moved here without really being excited of moving, so... Uh, I because this magistrate and his crazy wife uh, treated me, and that was um, that that was the last inspiration that I needed in order to move, and I am I am grateful for that. So after moving here, uh, I finally decided that I needed to tend to my health. 
So in the same week, I went to the dentist um, to schedule the removal of a couple of molars that were really bothering me and to get my gynecological visit. So imagine how raw and vulnerable I was already feeling. And I decided to just go for the person that had an ad on Facebook uh, that offered the whole package, the whole yearly screening at a very affordable price. And I didn't check if it was a man or a woman. Now, for me, there has been um, a desire to work with a woman in that area uh, because I have loved the female doctors that I have been with. However, I also know that I have had good um, gynecologists that have been men as well. Um, the doctor that helped me with the delivery of my daughter was a man and he was amazing. And I also know that there are gynecologists that are women, gynecologists that are women and that are not precisely that nice, like this woman I told you about that just filled me with her judgment and she was just very unpleasant. So. Anyway, I took the risk. I was hoping for a female doctor, but I thought that there are good men doctors, so I, I could I could take the, the risk. Hmm. Little did she know, like three episodes later, she wasn't that happy with her choice. Okay, so... Ah, <laughs> oh, my gosh. I went to the gynecologist. Now, I... I want to just disclaim that I really love um, the medical field uh, experts, that this is in no way meant to be a generalization and to say that all doctors or all gynecologists or that you shouldn't get a screening because they are traumatizing because that's not the message. I really believe that screenings are very important and can save your life so by all means go to the doctor every year as prescribed so once this is said um, let me share what happened with this visit I went to the doctor and first of all he had me waiting one hour which was very rude in the times of COVID, when you just go with a with an appointment and try not to wait um, unnecessarily in a clinic because you don't want to get COVID, so I I was hoping um, that I wouldn't have to wait. But I waited for one freaking hour and I was already feeling very upset about that, but. I decided to just make the, the best of this experience and to and to keep going with that. There was no health screening, which is what has been happening with other doctors. They take your temperature. They ask you if you have been sick, if there has been somebody that has been sick in your household or near you. Uh, you know, they, they even take your... your um, the oximeter out and they have been very careful with the dentist, with the 
otorrino laryngologist for my kids and it was really surprising in a bad way that this doctor um the that this clinic didn't have any kind of of screening at all um no questions no temperature no no alcohol to to wash your hands when you arrive nothing and it was a clinic that wasn't just for gynecological um patients but for like many different specialties so i was there in a waiting room noticing that there were no screenings and that there were people that i don't i didn't know what their what their sickness was about okay that was the first stressor so notice this is important we are talking about stressors so things that cause us to feel unsafe to feel stressed this is going to be important because i am talking about trauma remember this is what the whole thing is about it's a story time about the doctor's consultation but it's also about trauma so i was there with my first stressor which was the lack of safety in the initial screening after one hour i, I was already willing to leave but the good girl in me decided against it ah second red flag a part of me wanted to live but the good girl decided against it see we have two stressors there um one was or two red flags so finally the doctor asked me in he was a man a man that was um Yeah, not precisely uh, warm. You know, I like my my gynecologist um, to to be warm, to be kind. That's something that I always look for in a professional of of my health, mental or or physical. Um, I like kindness, and he was just you know cold. Third. Um, stressor for me you know when i say cold i refer to people that don't even look at you or greet you with kindness that are just like yeah sit down okay so what did you do okay what is it how old are you have you been pregnant you know they start asking robotic questions without really taking a moment to acknowledge that there is a person on the other side of the desk that is what i am talking about when i speak about kindness and and Um, yeah that's what was a, a third red flag for me a third stressor I don't like doctors that treat you like if you were just um, something and not somebody someone so I started answering and I was feeling in my power I was feeling like okay I am fine I am calm I know my body. No, I, hey, doctor, I just came because of this um, for my annual checkup. I know that I am okay. Um, 
this was the last day of my period, you know, all the common things. He didn't even look at me. Uh, he was just writing down in his computer. Okay. Next was the, oh, the fourth red flag, which was maybe one of the most important ones. The place was super dirty and messy. Like, really dirty. It, it, it's The clinic was in a very um, high-end place, but inside his uh, office, not the whole clinic, but his office, everything was messy. There were boxes of medicines and samples everywhere. There was, you know, this sense of overwhelming his desk in his whole place. There was not a sense of uh, just cleanness. Everything was extremely messy. So that was really, really, really a huge red flag, a huge stressor, a cause of stress. Um, and another one was that there was no nurse. He didn't have a nurse. And now, if you're a woman, you are listening to this and you go like, whoa, wait a minute, what? Right? If you're a man, you might not get why this is so important. But if you're a woman, you know, he has to have a nurse with him. It's so important. He didn't. I should have left when I saw he didn't have a nurse, but I was still waiting that somebody would appear out of the door and, and support him. There was nobody. There was no nurse. Hmm. So I was taken to the, to the changing room, which was also the bathroom, which didn't have a lid on the toilet, which was dirty. I mean... How didn't I leave running? <laughs> oh my god. And I mean, the toilet wasn't dirty, uh, as in having peace, but it was dirty, as in not having a lid and not having order anywhere around it. So, like, if something could fall into the toilet anytime, you know, it was that kind of dirty. So, hmm. The robes that I was asked to change into were extremely transparent. Another stressor. I already lost count of the amount of stressors that I had uh, and red flags. Yeah, the, the robes were extremely transparent, not the blue disposable ones or the blue thicker ones, uh, no, they were reusable and transparent, almost transparent because of how thin they were. I don't know how many women wore that drove before me. I am laughing because I don't want to cry. Can you imagine already the nightmare I am describing? Let's go on. Wow, okay, so I removed my clothes, wore that semi-transparent yellow robe that that had been used by other women, surely, because there were only three robes hanging there, and I think that they were just being 
interchangeable like there were two women before me and I'm sure they wore the other two robes so there was a third robe that was the one that I used and surely had been used by the woman before the two women that came before me so <sighs> okay <laughs> gosh so I came out the space was again super messy super small and didn't have a decent table like there were two places to lay down one that was the higher one for the for the examination with the echogram and another one that was a very homemade uh, little couch that was where i was to lay down for the other part of the exam so oh god there comes the other part that was deeply insult insulting. His fucking co the uh, descendants. He was so condescendent. Now, if it is the first time you're listening to this, you should know I am already a certified sexuality coach. I teach women about their anatomy and their sexuality. I know my vulva better than any man. And it hasn't always been like that. My gynecologist in the past have been so kind to explain to me my body and and I loved visiting them because of that. Like they always did that. They explained what they would be doing, but with such kindness with such gentleness they would go like okay this is your uterus is in inverted you have an inverted uterus i'm sure you've been told right no okay so this is what an inverted uterus it looks like okay it's healthy oh you have a lot of eggs in your ovaries right now you're very fertile well you know things like that oh this is your cervix look it's looking healthy it's looking good okay let's continue that, that was the way in which my gynecologist used to, <laughs> my previous one, explain everything. Well, this guy explained everything in such a condescendent way. I felt like I was being told I was an idiot. And it's a feeling. It's not even that he said something in particular or not. It's the way in which he said that. It's the way in which he was explaining. I am a woman of 42 HL. Uh, at 42 years of age. <laughs> I was going to say 42 age of years. Okay. <laughs> uh, I know my body. I know how to get a screening. So uh, having him explaining to me and touching a little bit too much my breast because it felt like a little bit too much because he was he was explaining to me, listen, this is your breast tissue. And he was touching. I was like, Wait, I know. Parenthesis, he asked me where I come from, and I said I come from Mexico City. I am a woman that looks educated because, uh, and I, this sounds super classist, but well, I look educated. I, what I mean by that is I am a woman that has, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I think that it, sadly in my country there are women that are, deeply uneducated because there are so many inequities in my country I am from Mexico and most of these women that are sadly uneducated because no women should be uneducated um, they 
they are very shy about their bodies. They are very, um, you, you can tell that they are, that they are particularly afraid of, of the doctor and everything that's going on and, and that they are unconnected to their bodies. Like there is just this sensation. Well, that doesn't happen with me. And so it's just evident that I am comfortable in my body. That I'm, uh, when he asked me the, the first questions, I was like, yeah, I know. I know my pussy. I know why I'm here. I'm, not, I'm here for the checkup. Yeah, my last period, this is my, my calendar. I have it written down in my app. So, you know, I am on my day 16. And, you know, that I think that shows up that I am an educated woman when it comes to my body. Okay. <clears throat> End of that. <laughs> Notice what I'm doing. This is going to be important. I am doing like this little, we call it trompetilla. So I do this, do this in between parts of the story. This is important because what I am about to describe was particularly stressful and I need to just resource and relax. Uh, into my into the safety of my own body in order to go on. This is something that I am sharing because it can be useful to you. This kind of sound and movement is super useful to relax your jaw and to allow your nervous system just to find some balancing, so regulation. So just exhale, okay? So... I had been with eight doctors before him and never had I, after he checked everything, that everything was perfect, that my health was perfect, that my, my, um, the, the echogram showed that everything was fine. Um, he inserted, parenthesis, he inserted his, um, the, the, we call it the dock <laughs> because it looks like a, the mouth of a duck um, the beak of a duck you know the thing that they used to explore the the um, um, the vagina which is the inside of the vulva uh, the, the, the vulva is the outside part and the vagina is the internal cavernous um, tunnel so they use this tool to explore the tunnel the vaginal tunnel and to reach to the cervix. He did that without any specific cleaning tools. My previous gynecologist would use a condom for the camera that she used, uh, that is inserted in the vaginal canal. Uh, the, she showed me that, the, the, that these tools were clean. Well, this doctor didn't. He didn't show me that it was clean and when he inserted it he just told me just exhale and of course my body crawled back it was like oh, no because it was painful and he was like oh, yeah, relax just exhale so he didn't use any lubricant which is important and he didn't uh, give me time to breathe and to actually relax to breathe gently and to relax um, Spoiler, just exhaling to relax your 
vaginal can uh, opening doesn't work. Uh, <laughs> like who says that it works? So just, <sighs> and it and it opens. It doesn't. If you open your mouth big, <sighs> like you John, <sighs> you might open it and relax a little bit more, opening the vag vaginal entrance. That works better. I know that as a sexuality coach, I didn't get the time to cite <laughs> with this asshole. I didn't get the time to cite. He just inserted the fucking thing, telling me to exhale. It doesn't work like that. So everything was okay. And he removed it. And then when everything was done, after he check everything and it was like okay he wasn't particularly nice but but we finished this successfully my body is safe and and it's healthy Yee! yeah after i came to that little uh, moment of victory savoring the victory he fucking inserted his fingers in my pussy I wasn't expecting that. There was no reason to, because there was no it, 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 anything that could give him a cue that I needed further uh, further testing. The package didn't include a bimanual um, testing, which is the name of that test, the bimanual test. The package didn't include that. The package I paid for included the echograms and included the mammogram and that and the uh, the investigation of the uh, the cells around the cervix. That's it. It never included a manual examination. It didn't say that. It was listed. Everything that that I was to get that day was listed in the package that I bought. Everything that I have got in previous years in Mexico was similar to what I was expecting to get. That's what I had got all the time. I never in the life got a manual examination. It wasn't greeted anywhere. I would have asked, what the fuck are you talking about with this? I know that is an examination that it's common in other parts of the world. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's even common in this city. But in Mexico City, which is pretty much the New York of Mexico, it's, a, it's the city where most people live and it's like the best medics and everything. In Mexico City, it's something that we do not do unless there is a specific um, concern that makes you have to check manually. <sighs> so, just when I thought it was over, he inserted his fingers in my pussy. And I, it just felt like such a deep violation. No consent, no gentleness, no asking, just inserting his fingers and tapping on the other side. Like, oh, is there pain here, here, here? Okay, and here, like he tapped for around two minutes to see if there was any sensation of pain, which of course there wasn't. Well, he should have expected that because 
everything showed that I was feeling perfect. And then he removed his glove and asked me to get into the bathroom while somebody else came in because this woman was in a rush to get her her um, echogram done. So I went into the bathroom while the other one got her echogram and then I came out. You know, no, like, no privacy. It was, oh my gosh. So the other woman left quickly because she just needed to get her echogram because she was holding her pee until she could get her echogram which which is something that had never been requested to me by my previous doctors either but well maybe his machines didn't work otherwise so um i sat down with my clothes on um on the other side of his desk and he gave me some medicine he said that everything was perfect which I know it was and I paid through and this is important and I will share this in a moment um, I paid through a bank transfer through my app because he didn't have a card payment method there so he said just send me a whatsapp with the with the picture of the payment okay I left quickly like I, I left really fast I, I was not interested in staying there any longer and I sent him the receipt and that was it I came back home so and I started crying because I had felt so violated a moment later I message him to tell him something about the medicine I was like okay I bought this uh, medicine but it says that it's incomplete should I get this one on differently or should I you know, oh, I, I asked him for two options for the medicine and he just replied oh, sorry for the dogs barking here so First, I'm sorry, I forgot one part that was also important. When I messaged him the receipt of the payment, he replied, thank you, and a word that, that is agasajando, Sasha. Agasajando, it's like you got pleasure, like you got, you, you got, you, you got one dropped, you got one and not dropped something like that it's like a word that it's very explicit of you know masturbating somebody um, and then he he wrote my name instead so I was like wait a minute why did he write that word but I ignored that <sighs> that was like that, that, that just made me feel super uncomfortable but I chose not to reply asking any further questions to that that's what i mean when i say that i ignored that i was like okay i will just oh, i don't want to know anything about this idiot anymore so ah i felt furious and i decided that i couldn't ever go back of course i decided that from the moment i stepped into the into the office but then i wrote asking this question about the medicine because it was important and he he behaved 
with his reply in a way that was like, you know, when you say, oh, would you like a spaghetti or salad? Like, oh, there is spaghetti and there is salad. Which one should I have? And somebody says, yes. <laughs> that was his reply. Like, doctor, should I have this medicine or the other? Yes. And that was all. I was like, this idiot is behaving as if he had given me pleasure, because that's what he wrote. And now he's trying to be the cool guy. And I just want to punch him in the face, because, uh, parenthesis, my pussy was wet, because it was trying, it was having a non um, concordant reaction. I, of course, my pussy was going to get wet so as not to get hurt by the person handle, handling it and inserting things. Um, so this idiot thought that it was because I was torn on by him. I know that because that he, that's how he behaved, like, oh my god, I am pleasuring her. Which, uh, he was very unpleasant to sight and you he was my doctor and I swear that was the way in which he behaved and his message made me think that so we know we women know that was his response uh, to messages like and it was like what the fuck is wrong with this guy I couldn't wait to leave that space running I'm just holding my chest as I am sharing this it just feels like oh yeah uh, and he even has the nerve of thinking that I am trying to look for him as in as I would be looking for a boyfriend or something it's like oh gosh ah ah yeah so my chest is tensing as I share this ah oh. so that was my experience with the doctor this week now i told you this is a story time but this is also about trauma so let's take the trauma parts in here because they are super useful oh. first of all i am so grateful that i get to know my body so well because i know the way in which my body is acting the way in which my body is sharing her wisdom the way in which my body is Um, reacting and I can find how my pussy is trying to find healing again she felt violated and I as a woman felt insulted I felt insulted in my intelligence and in the sacredness of my of my beloved pussy with which I have such an amazing connection my pussy and I really have a beautiful open connection so it was painful to see her go through that she really coiled back she really felt hurt and wounded I know that maybe yeah my mind is trying to justify this saying well the test was okay it was natural nothing happened yeah no something happened as you heard this I'm sure you had a lot of reactions That's what we listen to, the reactions in the body, not the mind saying, what are you complaining about? There are things that happen in the world that are worse. Hush, come on. 
be tough. Be, no, no, no. We don't listen to that when it comes to the body. The body has her own wisdom. And my body had all the reactions, all the tension. My eye is twitching. It has been twitching since early morning. Um, my pussy went dry for the first hours after this. And after that, she started having a heavy discharge that was uncommon for me. Very, very heavy. Uh, my chest feels tense. My jaw feels tense. So those are the things we listen to. What is our body telling us about the experience that we just had? Those sensations are the ones that hold the truth. Those sensations are the way in which our body is tra transmitting her perception of truth. And my body is tense. My body felt unsafe. I don't care about the intentions of the doctor. I'm sure they were good. I mean, I want to believe they were good. Um, listen, I heard, I want to believe they were good. I want to believe. Which means I'm not convinced. My body's not convinced. Um, but my body has her own truth her own story that that's what happens with any stressful and or traumatic situation which you, you just had a, a life uh, on coiling of trauma in front of you that's how it shows it shows us lack of safety it shows us a sense of wanting to run but holding back because you think it's the thing you should do or that it couldn't be safe to live or that it could be um, be seen as rude, you know, and you stay even when there's a part of you that wants to run away. Then there is this part of you that says, I know there's something wrong. I cannot just put a finger on it which is this sense of condescendence. It took me three days, two or three days to to unpackage that. Like, oh, this is why it felt so wrong. It felt condescendent. Yeah, no, my previous doctors never talked to me like that. Even when they were explaining everything, it felt different. So there is an understanding in the brain. It just takes time to give words to it, to actually name it. What I'm having is a feeling of, you, you don't name it. It takes further, uh, longer to the brain to actually be able to name the things that you experience. How powerful is the body that she picks up the things before the brain gets to actually name them, catalog them? Put a label on them. So I felt unsafe. I wanted to run, but I didn't. I held back. I felt that something was wrong, even when I couldn't name it. I couldn't put a finger on it. And then something was done to me without consent or need. And at the end of the day, this person is not even taking responsibility, but is behaving as if 
I was, you know, kind of somebody that he had to get rid of for whatever reason. Like his reply was just like, should I have this medicine or the other? Yes. What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? And that was it. Like in other times when I have written to my doctors because of their request, like, hey, if you have any question, send me a message. They are so kind. Like they don't need to give you a consult on WhatsApp, but they are kind. Like, yeah, sure. Have this medicine. And if you have any question, let me know. It should be fine. Don't worry. Either option can work for you. You know, like they can, a complete answer is not too much to ask. So what happens next? Yeah, there was trauma for my pussy. She was um, insulted. She received something that was painful and um, desecrated. I was looking for that word. Desecrated her. She felt desecrated. So what's next? What's next is I look for validation and support on people that I knew would hold me. That is so important. We don't have to do this alone. Again, I am sharing this because it can be useful to you in any situation that it doesn't have to be a gynecological visit. It can be just life happening to you and you finding these symptoms. Uh, I went and looked for somebody that I could trust that I could share my experience with so I cried with my with my sisters I found oh, oh I shared that with my husband as well he, he as a man just felt that there was something deeply wrong but couldn't feel the depth of my pussy being desecrated as deeply as I felt it he felt insulted of course like he can turn it turn the tables and think, wow, you know, I imagine what would be, it be like if a doctor could just do that to my anus, like, what the fuck? But, but I look for women that have had similar experiences because we need to share. We are wounded in community and in community we heal. That is so important and my cat is just playing with me okay um that is so important uh as, as i am talking i am seated on a chair that has like <laughs> sorry like wooden uh chair with a lot of holes in between and my cat is sticking his hand through my arse so i'm like woo consent dude we are talking about consent anyway <laughs> Uh, anyway, so yes, sharing and being able to cry with somebody so that we bring this to our cortical brain, so that we allow ourselves to speak up instead of swallowing down the experience. That is super important, though it's not always um, possible. I know that there are some experiences that we cannot share with people. That's just the way it is. Uh, the second thing is deeply feeling my pussy. She, she knows what she wanted, what she needed. 
I did a pussy breathing practice. I actually guided it through in my coven calls, which is a guided practice that I that I um, take women through every month. Um, so I felt that it was necessary to do a practice about pussy breathing, and I. I, I just heard the wisdom of my pussy saying, I need you to see me, see me and love me while you are seeing me, looking at me. May it be in your eyes that I am beautiful. May it be in your eyes that I experience pleasure. May it be in your eyes and by your hand. So I, I, I did that. I did what my pussy wanted and it was such a powerful and deeply healing practice, to be able to sit, to do my breathing, to do my self-pleasure afterwards, looking at myself in the mirror. And then, of course, it's not everything, like it's not like that release me and I am now free of any stress because I'm not. Um, it is a process. That's the other part. It is a process. You cannot express to release a traumatic event in one seat. It's a process. I know that the next step is breath work to actually close the stress circles, which means to give my body that feeling of fighting, flighting or running away that I denied my body. Uh, to give my body that possibility of just expressing herself widely, like not just my pussy, but my whole body, because as I told you at first, my body wanted to live. I wanted to leave that place and I held back. So that desire to leave was stored in my body. My body wanted to leave and it is through bread work that I, that I give her that possibility of closing that circle. I, it could do also to go to the gym and actually punch uh, up, um, punching back and to run in the treadmill or to take a hike in nature and to walk so that my body feels like that desire, that impulse of moving it's being fulfilled because we have two things the, re the stressor and the reaction to the stress that it's a body reaction. So the stressor was the doctor being an asshole. I will never go back to that doctor, of course, never in the life, not even message him about my results. I will just deal with the secretary. But um, but that will not solve the reaction in my body of flight. It will be solved through movement, through going through movement, through actually um, Experience, experiencing breath work and physical exercise, fierce dancing, fierce raging, uh, punching a pillow, a fierce um, hike, you know, walking fast. And, and that, that's the kind of things that we can do to help us deal with the trauma reaction of flight. So stress response of flight, it's two different things. And yet again, I sometimes interchange the terms. 
um, it's a stress response let's keep it at that it's the stress response of flight and so what's the difference between trauma and stress that a traumatic okay trauma is a lot happening too much too fast right trauma is something that overwhelms our nervous system which in this case happened to me that's why even the mess of the of the office of the doctor was overwhelming to my nervous system so trauma overwhelms the nervous system now it may remain in the body or not uh, depending on how skilled we are to process it to process our own nervous system out of that stress response and the last point which I think is also very important is to keep validating yourself to avoid the um, cultural conditioning of justifying people oh well you know everything it's okay yeah some people get it worse yeah I'm fine I, I will get over it yeah no don't do that don't go to that place in which you start denying the validity of your experience and if you need to talk about it uh, or to share about it 10 times for 10 days or 10 years or 10 months or 10 weeks allow your body to go through that your health comes first always your mental health um there are ways to share this um for example what i'm doing right now it's a way to share this positively i am not um overwhelming my husband by telling him the same story again for the fourth or third day i am just taking the time to talk in here and to give it meaning and to validate the way in which I am feeling so this is a real-time trauma response processing and story time all together and I hope that you find it useful I would just close saying you don't have to do it alone we sexuality coaches are here for you and therapists are here for you. I have my Coven Calls, which is my membership site in which you can join and be guided through a pleasure healing practice every month. And we also have a book club in which I have curated a beautiful list of books. We talk about them every month as well. And we have a tarot party, which has been one of the maybe most beautiful practices because we we share, we talk, we, we realize how similar our experience is with the experience of others. So join this membership. It's deeply um, valuable and very affordable, affordable. And I also offer one-on-one coaching in which I guide women through their own healing journeys. I guide them into healing and connecting with the wisdom of the bodies. And everything that I share, I have experienced it in my own body. So I share 
how to connect to your pussy and I do that with my own pussy and I know the pain you're going through because most likely that pain has been in me or in women around me so we don't have to do it alone we can connect and some of us already know the way because we had to do it in order to survive and we came back uh, on our steps learning already that the tools that brought us forth and and are willing to share them with you so send me a message an email or go, or go to my page sasha-ostara.com to see how we can work together you'll be surprised i do have a free feeling safe in your body program It's a one-hour class, and it's maybe the most beautiful set of tools that you are going to find to help you deal with lockdown or with overwhelm or the stressors of life. Thank you so much for joining me and for hearing this story. It was so important for me to share it, and I would love to hear your comments about this, your own stories with the doctor's office, if there's one. Thank you. Love. Bye. Mm.